think there's a number of pump operators that simply, if they can get in an engine company and they can drive back and forth to medical calls, they can put a single line in service in a non-stressful environment, they may be checked off to drive an engine company and they fail to understand hydraulics and flow and pressure and just how the ins and outs of their pumps work. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. From the Federal Resources Studio, this is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service, discussing firefighting strategy, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thanks for being with me again here on Code 3. This is the show for and about firefighters. We're informing and entertaining members of the fire service, just like you, from coast to coast. Sometimes it seems that engine companies don't always get the respect they deserve. It may be rescue squad crews or truckies that feel engine crews have a simple job. Just put the wet stuff on the red stuff. But today's guest says he's seen those guys have a change of heart when they pay attention to what engine companies really do. Jared Sergi is a lieutenant with Norfolk, Virginia Fire Rescue. He's been in the fire service for close to 18 years and has served in one of the city's busiest engine companies. Jared's also served a tour in the training division as a fire academy coordinator and he's assisted in the development of several department-wide and regional training programs that included both engine and ladder company operations and fire dynamics. He owns Trial by Fire. Its goal is to stomp out mediocrity. And Jared Sergi joins me now. Welcome to Code 3. Thanks for having me, Scott. I appreciate it. So let's get right to it. Why do some firefighters downplay the skills required to work on an engine company? It's always hard to say. I think I think it comes down to mindset. I think there is a marginalization that takes place throughout some organizations. You know, you said, hey, you know, you mentioned it earlier in the at the start of the podcast. You know, it's, there's not much there's not much to engine work. It's just simply putting the wet stuff on the red stuff. So I think people tend to hear that, and they they underappreciate, I guess just how important that engine company mindset is and how it, how, it, how it can really affect the fire ground as a whole. Do members of engine companies have to bear some responsibility for that attitude? I would say absolutely. I guess depending on the person, for me and, and my crew, I expect um, an all-in mindset when we go to work. We're, we're engine company-centric, and we, we talk slow and hose and nozzles and, you know, just just like a soldier in, in war knows his weapons and his rifles and his equipment, you know, engine company members no different. They got to know their their hose and how it's constructed, the limitations, the nozzles, the flow, the pressures, and everything that goes along with an engine company more than just sitting in the seat, showing up, and, and mindlessly stretching a hose line. So, yes, I think some of that falls to the engine folks that don't carry that mindset and that aren't stressing the importance of the engine company to maybe the newer members of their station. 
You know, in interviews for this show, as well as real life, I've been surprised to learn from some firefighters that while they understand flow rates and they understand their hose and their equipment, they still believe that they don't really know fire science all that well and they're still learning it. I think we're doing a really good job of it today. I mean, you know, I haven't been in the fire service for, you know, decades, but there's, you know, I talk to senior members of the department all the time, and you know, I have one of my drivers, or my driver now is a senior guy who's got 25 years, and the conversation, they were going on back then, but, you know, there's there's more exposure. People have the Internet at their fingertips. There's more money that's funding research than there was, you know, several years back. I think I think we all still have a lot to learn, but I think we're doing a better job understanding fire dynamics and understanding fire research and fire behavior and things like that. How much does a lack of training on the basics, like stretching a hose, affect fire ground operations? Oh, I would say it's monumental. You know, I was having this conversation the other day, and you know, it's yeah, I read a book one time and, and the author says, you know, you don't want to get treated by a chihuahua and <laughs> engine company, you know, engine company work is not something I would describe as sophisticated. It's simple work. It really is, but it tends to get marginalized. And that's one of the basics, you know, stretching the right size hose lines in the right place. If you don't practice those basic skills over and over again and, and stretching the line off an engine is an easy target. Something as simple as, hydraulics and pump operations, you know, we can, we could take a look at fires gone bad. And, and the way my brain works is, you know, we'll be sitting around a, a, a group of tables and a post incident analysis, and we'll try to, you know, we're scratching our heads trying to figure out how this fire went wrong. And a lot of times it points right back to that first arriving engine, the engine company crew's mindset, how they deployed their line, you know, how they pumped that truck properly. Did they under pump it? Was it underflowed? So, all those things go back to the to training and, and mastering, or at least certainly trying to master those basics of the engine company. You know, so goes that first two engine, goes the fire. What impact do you believe that the fact that we don't have a lot of structure fires have on training for younger guys these days? I think certainly any you know experience is obviously the best feature, and you know if if where you work structure fires are down, then you have to make up that, that lack of experience with training. There's really no other way. You know, it's, you can't just sit around and, and hope that you're going to go to a structure fire every other day. If you work in a place um, that doesn't get them, that's just, that's just simply not going to happen. So we have to bridge that gap of lack of actual experience with relevant and realistic training. That's, that's the only way. I'll be back with more right after this. When that call comes in and you rush to head out, the last thing you're thinking about is your safety. But your safety is all Federal Resources thinks about. At Federal Resources, we work to make sure that every responder is equipped, trained, and ready to come home safely. You look out for everyone else. Let us look out for you. Learn more at federalresources.com. In your experience, do most engineers know the specifics of their rigs well enough, or should they be learning more? <laughs> it's funny. I feel like maybe you're right, like 
you were riding listening on my conversations yesterday at work. I think uh I think it's down to be totally honest with you. I think I think because we have such good engineering and technology in our apparatus, I think the pump operator not I don't want to paint everybody with a broad brush, but I think there's a number of pump operators that simply, if they can get in an engine company and they can drive back and forth to medical calls, they can put a single line in service in a non-stressful environment, they may be checked off to drive an engine company and they fail to understand hydraulics and flow and pressure and just how the ins and outs of their pumps work. And I do think that there is a lack of understanding of fire ground hydraulics and I think it's going away because of frankly some people taking shortcuts on checking people off the drive and then just the the engineering and the technology you know just to give you a specific example we were doing some training the other day on our, our automatic pressure governors for our truck and you know the that specific governor has a preset option where if somebody stretched a hose line they can hit the preset button and it automatically drives up and delivers a certain amount of pressure or flow depending on how your truck's set up so somebody who just relies on something like that and doesn't understand hydraulics, when things go bad, they may not be able to troubleshoot or understand what the pump is actually doing or how they can get water in the pump or, or why they're not getting water in the pump. So those things on those apparatus or tools, just like just like a halogen bar, you got to know when to use it and you got to know uh, when to when to go back to the fundamentals and and not rely on that technology. It sounds like a case of knowing what to do, but not knowing how it works if things go wrong. Exactly right, yes. Now, what do you think of training evolutions where the rig pulls up, they stretch one line, they put out the fire, and that's it? So you're talking about kind of diversifying your training as far as, well, I only stretch the cross lay, you know, in, in training. I, I see that a lot where... An engine company will pull around the back of the station, they'll go somewhere, and, and they'll only stretch the crosslay. Or maybe even they have several crosslays, but they usually only target one. I think you have to diversify that portfolio. Get out there and stretch your crosslays, absolutely. But stretch off the back, stretch the two and a half. If you have leader lines or long lines, stretch those and practice. And then again, we just talked about it. Don't forget that pump, right? Include regular pump operation drills. We have two-minute drills that we call them where we'll stretch lines off the truck and the pump operator has to get a water supply and filling his tank within you know, under two minutes of that line being stretched and flowing. So, you know, again, all things engine company, and, and depending on where you come from and, and how your staffing levels are, that might be a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> Definitely pull every, pull every line off your truck. Um, maybe not all on the same day, but rotate that through your training calendars. It occurs to me that actually, if your crew does the job right, they make it look easy so those truckies or rescue crew members may say, oh, it's no big deal, because they made it look easy. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And hopefully that's what we're going for, right? If if, if we go in there and we do a we do an outstanding job. That's what we want. We want people to look at it and say, man, these engine guys made this look too easy. <laughs> That's the goal. All right, Jared Sergi, thanks for talking with me today. All right, Scott, I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. And we put some more information about building a strong engine company culture and Jared's trial by fire on our website at code3podcast.com slash engine company. 
Check it out. And now it's time for trivia. A well-planned hose and nozzle combination should deliver how much pressure with relatively low friction loss? I'll have the answer right after this. If you like Code 3, you'll love the Code 3 Bull Session. It's more discussion with our guests on any topic. Sometimes it's serious. Sometimes it's not so serious. But it's only available to patrons of Code 3. Find out what you've been missing. Go to Code3Podcast.com slash support. Pledge just $10 a month to support Code 3, and you'll get immediate access to all the Bull Sessions in our library and future interviews as we post them. Become a patron today, support the show, and get access to the Code 3 Bull Sessions. Here's your trivia answer. A well-planned hose and nozzle combination should deliver between 150 and 180 gallons per minute with relatively low friction loss. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more, and I sure hope you'll be here with me. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, I'll see you later. Code 3 is made possible through the generous support of Federal Resources. Visit them at federalresources.com. This show is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To contact us, get more information on today's show, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to code3podcast.com.